You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Sydney Lowe. Sydney is a wonderful producer and photographer who's been working mostly in TV recently. We met randomly at an HBO event a couple years ago when Frankie was on Looking, and she and I had a great conversation and ended up staying in touch. She added me to a private Facebook group she founded called Art Girl Army, which is described as a diverse art collective of creative women who believe in their work, in themselves, and in each other passionately and unapologetically. I've loved seeing what she's built there, which you'll hear about in this episode, and was thrilled that she was up for being on the podcast. She lives in LA these days, so this was recorded over Skype. If you have a minute, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes to help others find us. And I hope you enjoy the 55th episode of The Compass. What do you do to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? I think that's actually something I've been trying to work on a lot, trying to figure out what are like concrete tactics that like someone can do in order to not go to those places of kind of loneliness or being incredibly stressed out about making work. And I think for me, and it's a practice I've been doing in the past like couple weeks actually, um, I've kept an incredibly detailed blog the past like I think eight years. And the times that I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this or why it's important or um, I don't know where I'm going, a lot of the times it's really easy for me to just reach back into those other chapters of my life and remind myself like, okay, this is the why. This is the answer to the why. And that to me, for some reason, is incredibly comforting because it means that I haven't actually strayed too far away from myself and who I know I am. And so those things sort of remind me of of the work that I want to do and why it's important. And uh, that's that's really, really helpful for me to be like, okay, I made this at this point in my life and I like these things. And it's interesting to see those sort of um, veins flow through the work that I'm doing now. And it kind of breaks me out of that mold and being like, okay, I can do this because I've done this. Yeah. Here are the reasons why. So... That that documentation is helpful in a way? Yeah, and I think that um, art in and of itself, it started out as, you know, this self-documentation sort of method, and I think that there is a lot of beauty in that, taking notice of ourselves and the things that we're doing and as we're growing, because, and it's not a blog that's incredibly, incredibly personal I didn't write like tons of entries but it's a lot of like my artistic influences like throughout um time different things that like were happening to me in my life that attracted me to certain like photographs or certain like pieces of music or things like that it's it's like a very intricate mapping out of who I am and it's really really cool to just like oh okay I'm gonna go to page like 500 in my blog and be like oh okay (laughs) that's what it was like in 2011 and 2008. And like, it's, that's really, really nice for me. So what is the dark side when you, when you are in that place? What is it? How does it manifest for you? Ooh, um, that is a really good question. Um, I 
think that it manifests um, in this fear and this paralyzing sort of fear for me. Um, I know myself to be a perfectionist a lot of the time, which is terrible. It's good, but it's also horrible because if you're, there's so many times where I feel like um, if I can't do something perfectly all at once, then like I won't do it at all, which is so counterintuitive when you're an artist and you're actually making work because then work doesn't get done. And it's a weird cyclical thing that can just kind of keep you stuck and like small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never a fun place because you're like, Oh, I could do that thing, but am I enough? I think the dark side for me is always a question of, are you good enough? Have you done enough? And that enough, enough, enough question is really, really scary. And, um, yeah. I'm trying to figure out ways to not not have that voice beat down on you so hard, and to learn how to be easier on myself. So. Yeah, because it's not it's not necessarily helpful to you, but of course, like in comparison to the rest of the world, you constantly ask those kinds of questions. I think it's uh, the world asks that that question a lot, or at least we can feel like it asks that question: Are you enough? I think that social media has made it so that it's a lot easier to compare yourself to what your peers are doing and what your friends are doing and the accomplishments that they're, that they're doing. And it's really important to try and run your own race as much as possible. Just kind of put on blinders and know that your journey is your own journey, no matter if someone's getting to where maybe you think you want to be faster or slower or at a different pace. But, um, yeah. Enough. Are you enough? Um, so I know you've been doing a lot of work in TV and in producing, but tell me about all your different artistic outlets. What are you working on now? I know you, you studied photography in college. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Iceland and I graduated in 2013 and I was a visual studies and Italian double major. And uh, which was a really nice way of saying I studied a lot of different types of art, which um, I think is very indicative of who I am as a person. At least uh, it was a lot of different mixed media. I mean, I was really interested in photography, so I took a ton of photo classes, and then I took film, but I also took museum and gallery studies, and I was just really interested in artistic representation as a whole, um, learning like the rules of certain aesthetics and who is allowed to be presented in these paintings or these photographs throughout history and who's not and who's Mm. not included. And that I feel like has followed me throughout all the work that I've done. Um, and I had the great fortune of studying abroad in Italy. And, um, I think in all the work that I've done in my life I've been really interested in representation especially of people of color I am a woman of color I'm an artist of color I'm an artist um and I think that having the experiences that I did in school really um inspired me to not only look at you know this idea of blackness in America but what that looks like abroad and in Italy and throughout Europe and through other parts of the world And the way that I was able to meditate on that or try and my way of trying to understand that was by taking photographs. So um, 
I think, especially in school, like a lot of my photographs are centered on people of color and sort of bringing those people from the margins of the story into the center, which mm-hmm. has always been important to me. And it's something I was doing when I was in Italy, where I started a photo series on second generation African immigrants living there. Um, I became friends with a lot of people who were part of that sort of community and started interviewing them and taking photographs of them. And so that has always been like another outlet, a way for me to kind of understand what it means to be a person of color in this world. Yeah, but I think also beyond that, um, beyond just blackness, I think that I am really, really attracted to the small details of our relationships, not just, you know, not always in the sense of like romantic relationships, but trying to understand human connection and the things that bring us together and tear us apart and all the gray spaces in between which is a really abstract uh, way of talking about some of my work, but I really enjoy um, doing a lot of portraiture. I shoot with a medium format camera, so it's a very methodical sort of, you have 10 rolls, I mean, you have 10 photographs on a roll, so you sit and every shot feels really intentional. And so it's a really wonderful thing to be able to sit with someone, take their photograph and have it be this very slow-moving, intentional thing um, mm-hmm. for me. And you get a lot of detail, and and I think that, for me, art is a lot of close observation. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it's a long way of talking, answering your question, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> um, and so how did you get into the TV side of things? I, so... That's also a very good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I am a huge fan of television and movies, and I think any sort of artistic visual representation for me. And so when I actually, when I graduated from school, I thought that I was going to go into um, like the fine art sort of world. I was considering doing like, okay, do I want to work in a gallery or do I want my work to be there? Because I'd shown my photographs in a couple different galleries. Um, but it felt like to me, um, in those gallery spaces, there was only a couple different types of people who went to go see that work. It felt like some of the galleries in Chelsea, which are wonderful and like great places to see wonderful works, but it felt like there was like a very, like, there's someone who was rich and there's someone who was white who's going there to see this work. And it doesn't always feel as inclusive to people of color. They're like... I mean, those paintings and those photographs are incredibly expensive, and it just, even the environments can sometimes feel very uh, closed off to a certain type of person. Right, the the audience is very limited. Yeah, the audience is very limited in that that respect, and I was really attracted to an artistic medium that anyone could watch. For me, television is very accessible to so many different types of people. Movies are as well, but I think there's something really nice about, okay, you can get a TV, you can turn it on, and you can see, hopefully you see parts of yourself on, on there and there. It's a, it has a wider audience, as you are saying. So I think that attracted me. And I throughout college, I had interned at HBO, amazing and wonderful, and kind of that was the first thing that brought me into that world. So from there, I mean, when I was in that gallery world originally, I was like, okay, well... 
but where are my heroes? Not that I didn't love the photographers I was seeing, but there were so many other people that were doing wonderful things in television and film that I was like, okay, I want to work where my heroes are working. So I think that kind of pushed me towards that side. Can you tell me a little bit about where you grew up? Sure. I grew up, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in Queens to, uh, my mom is an immigrant from Trinidad and then my dad is black American. Um, my parents are separated and they were separated for most of the time I was growing up, but, um, I grew up in Queens with my mom and my sister and loved it. And I, I like to think that Queens is a, has made me a lot, as a large part of me is like me because of where I grew up. Queens is the most diverse county in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think it was such a blessing to grow up in a place with such diversity that was in your face all the time that it was just very normal for me to go to school with kids who were of different races and ethnicities and religious backgrounds and that was the norm for me and it was strange to go outside of New York to places that weren't like that and I was like wait wait is this your normal this is not my normal to right. me. so I think that in that sense growing up in Queens and then afterwards I we moved to Brooklyn but I think living in New York really solidified my love and appreciation for people of all different types of backgrounds and it's has uh, given me even more respect for why we all need to be more inclusive when we're doing certain types of things in an art. Yeah. So. How has your family, what have they made of your life as an artist? Are any of them uh, in creative fields or are you the only one? It's funny. I actually am the only one, I guess, formally, quote unquote, as like an artist. Um, my mom for a long time was working in the medical field. And my dad uh, is an electrician and owns his own electrician business with um, his dad and his brother. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they knew from an early age that I wanted to do art. And they were like, great, cool. They were supportive. They didn't always understand it all the things I was talking about, but they get really excited when I would show them photographs or like, hey, I made this film or I made this thing. And so I feel really lucky and very blessed to have supportive parents, really supportive siblings. Um, And I think in me doing art, they in in and of themselves have also discovered that they are, they have creative tendencies that they, I don't think formally understood or saw. Really? yeah, which is really, really cool. My mom always tells me, she's like, you know, you're the one who told me that, like, I'm an artist, too. I'm like, yeah. She, uh, <laughs> now she's, uh, she works in real estate, and so she really loves, um, like, dressing houses and, like, mm-hmm. making things really beautiful, and she's got a great aesthetic sensibility, and my dad as well. So I, I think that's something that makes me proud. I'm like, yeah, you guys are artists, too. <laughs> no one ever told you, but you are. <laughs> That's lovely. And so you are in, we're Skyping since you're in LA and you've been there, what, for, has it been a year yet? I think, yeah, technically like a bad year. Um, came in September briefly and then I officially made the move in January. So close. To me, it's, it feels like a year, more or less. So what has that change been like for you artistically? It's, uh, it's always summer here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I like LA. I can say that I like LA, but I love 
New York. It'll always be my home. Um, I think that it's given me new perspective on, well, a new appreciation for the fact that so many different types of art happen in New York and there's a different type of art that happens in LA, at least from my understanding of being here for a couple of months. Um, there is something really magical about the fact that there is so much television production that happens out here and there are so many people who are trying to make work and do lots of the same things that I'm doing and I'm really excited about. So that feels really good because I'll go and meet somebody and like I don't have to be like, oh, uh, let's talk about this one thing that we both don't really know about. No, we can talk about uh, what show were you watching and have you seen this short film and have you, you know, have you seen this actress? Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Have you seen this? And that's really, really nice. It's like a shared, think, a shared passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is nice. But it can also feel a little exhausting because there are times where I'm like, uh, we should talk about something else. Or like, <laughs> in New York, <laughs> I feel like in New York it doesn't, feel so obviously like in LA can feel like that's the only thing people do and in New York it feels like there are lots of different things that people do so um yeah but I don't know if I answered your question (laughs) no you did did you what instigated the move was it for a specific opportunity or you just decided to try it yeah Um, I came out here in September to actually work on, um, HBO's new show, Insecure. So I worked, I came out here to work on the pilot as a production assistant. Um, I've been working at HBO in New York, um, and really enjoyed what Issa was doing and was really excited about it. And, um, an opportunity opened up for me to, you know, come and like be on set and work on it. And I jumped at the chance and then literally jumped off of a plane. That's what it felt like. (laughs) I kind of felt like I was flinging myself across the country um, and it was really not expected. But um, yeah, I've been here ever since then. And um, I'm really glad I did, even though I was absolutely terrified at the time because uh, my whole life has been in New York. Um, it was very comfortable. It still feels very comfortable. My whole community, my family, all my friends are there. And to go so many miles away to chase this thing that I didn't entirely know what it was was incredibly terrifying to me on lots of different levels. But I think that in reflecting on it the past couple of months, um, you know, adventure starts when you run away from home. And um, you just, I think that I've learned a lot more about myself in the past couple months than like if I had just stayed and been in this really warm, comfortable place that is New York. And right. it's also comforting that New York is always there. But, <laughs> uh, but it's really, really nice to uh, to stretch my wings um, right. in a part of the world. No, that is interesting since most people like moved to New York from somewhere else and you just grew up there. So it wasn't... You never had that. I mean, you went away to college, but you never had that that big change. Yeah, which <laughs> I think I was probably due for that change. I feel like it has to happen in everybody's life. Maybe not necessarily in the form of a move, but something. Sometimes the universe just, like, shoves you really hard because pushing you towards something else that, um, you know, you aren't expecting or you wouldn't necessarily do yourself because I think that humans we are creatures of habit it's yeah 
uncomfortable, you don't want to move. <laughs> like, you don't want to go. Right, and those big changes help you grow in ways you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, they're necessary growing pains. But, but it's a good adventure, great adventure. Good. Is it all kind of up in the air right now for you? Are you do you have a timeline of um, thinking how long you'll be in L.A. if you go back to New York? Or is it just kind of like, I'm, I'm just going to be in the present at the moment? <laughs> it's like, a, I'm going to stay in the present. I feel like the next big like move I do in my life, I'm like, well, like how do I go back to New York? It's funny. I like just got I didn't realize how crazy or brave it was to be like, I'm going to buy this one way ticket and just come. And now I'm like, oh, the story of my life is going to be like, how do I get back to New York in a couple years? <laughs> uh, I, as I said, I just love my city so much. Um, but it feels like a wonderful place to be, like, here in L.A. And, like, yeah, there's just so many wonderful things happening. And so, um, yeah, right now I'm like, okay, let me enjoy the sunshine. Go for my little <laughs> bike rides on the beach. This is great. Yeah. I can't do this in October in New York. Get that um, vitamin D. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think yeah, being in the present is something that I'm learning how to do, and it's serving me well. I think I hope, and my fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I I really want to talk about Art Girl Army because that was when we first met. You invited me to join this online community that you started, and I don't know if you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about what it is, because you started it with a few friends. Is that right, or just by yourself? Yeah. So. Art Girl Army is this collective organization of young women who are in the arts, who are incredibly diverse, not just their own, but the fields that they uh, that they are working in, their creative fields. And uh, I started it, I believe, I'm going to say 2016, but it originally started with me. So I graduated from college in 2013, and at Wesleyan, I feel like I really cultivated a really great community of collaborators and creators. Um, it was very much a community where uh, if I was doing photography and someone needed me to help out with something, I would do it in the same way that if I was making a short or a film or I needed music or I needed dancers. It was just a very, like collaborative community and when I moved back to New York and the and I was in the art scene it sometimes it didn't feel that way there were definitely times where I felt like oh this is like a doggy dog crabs in a barrel situation where I would go to some events and be like hey what are you working on like I'd love to like maybe we can work together and there were people who didn't want to tell me any of their ideas or just were like no like this or I think sometimes there's this mentality that there can only be one or right. like there's only one person that can get there, which was so not um, my thinking or how I was raised to think or just not what I believed in. Um, so and I so I started having these potluck dinners at my apartment um, in my very small studio apartment in Brooklyn um, <laughs> where it was maybe four of us and we'd bring food and we'd just talk about what we were working on and then you know, four people became seven and then 10 and then 12 and it just got bigger and bigger and we couldn't have it in my apartment anymore. Um, which is why we created, um, this, a Facebook group. And I believe right now we're at 1800, um, members, which is amazing. And they're not, it's all in Brooklyn. <laughs> they're all over the world. Um, which is wonderful. And it's so, I mean, 
for me, the most exciting part is like the energy in this group. Um, cause it's, and I would like, I hope that that is really because of, um, the heart and time and effort and energy that like not only myself, but I've got six amazing board members who, uh, Caroline Kaufman, Cindy Lizido, uh, Olivia K. Harris, Adream Smith, Jessica Best, and Melanie Sue, and they're all, uh, a lot of them are friends of mine from college, some of them are not, but they're all, you know, working artists, working to figure out, you know, their art, and also believe in cultivating this community and curating this really wonderful space where people not only, um, you know, provide resources and like we post a lot of jobs, but we post a lot of inspirational sort of, um, you know, articles and resources and stuff, but also to ask for genuine help or there are so many times where I've seen people be like, Hey, well, you know, I am trying to quit my job, but I'm really scared to, how do I do this? Or, Um, how do I negotiate a rate? I've never asked someone to, you know, figure out how to value my work, like on a monetary level. And there are so many wonderful responses that come out of it. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, really proud of what we are building. And I do really appreciate that there are a lot of diverse artists in there because Mm -hmm. the other thing was in a lot of those spaces I was going to, I was the only person of color making work or doing work or, um, and I didn't want to be alone in that. Um, but it's open to everyone. We're not, you know, limited to any sort of person, but, um, I really do feel like it's great to have all these women, you know, we just want everyone to feel celebrated and empowered. So that's yeah. Empowered stuff. is a good word. Cause honestly, like when I go in there and I'm looking at posts and reading, it's just like, there's a certain kind of energy that makes me feel like I can start a new project or that I can just get something off the ground because everybody's hustling and everybody's supporting and it's like a great group of feminists also, which is needed. Uh, yeah, I'm just so impressed with it and that you guys are continuing to grow it. How Has it been daunting at all? Like, as like, can I call you a producer of this group? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of groundwork involved now that it's so large. Yeah, we are really looking forward to figuring out how to it not just you know, we love the Facebook group but there's so much potential for what we can do within it so we're looking forward to we're trying to game plan about uh, how we're gonna move forward with it and we've got some really really great ideas right now I know that we are working on a lot of different events that we're doing um, because I think uh, as the group has grown it has been um, challenging to go from well we had you know these dinners once a month and now that there's so many more people and especially now that i'm in la and my board members live in new york and philadelphia um it's a little harder to like have monthly dinners so they've become quarterly dinners and then we're planning actually a really amazing um holiday party that like we want it to be really big and um we're really really excited about it so yeah, because it's nice to have the online sort of presence. I mean, for me especially, now that, like, I'm farther away, I love waking up in the morning and the first thing I do is check Arkell Army and, like, I love posting, you know, and talking to everybody and, like, making sure that if people have asked, like, hey, I need, like, I'm really looking for, like, a makeup artist or a comedian or, like, a sound person. Somebody was asking the other day, I'm like, okay, you should talk to Deanna. You should talk to, like, Rachel. You <laughs> you're, like, you're a matchmaker. Yeah, which is really, really fun. And honestly, 
I, I mean, even outside of Barker Army, I am a producer, and I think that that's actually the thing that makes me the happiest. Like, I love connecting people. Um, I really enjoy being the person that, you know, seeing all these different people shine so well on their own and then bringing them together to shine even brighter. Nothing makes me happier than that, truly. Like, it's just, it's just very, very exciting. And so I, um, I love the group. I'm so excited that it's growing and that it's doing so well and that that same spirit of helpfulness and resourcefulness and, like, celebrating one another but also having the courage to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. I mean, it's a, essentially it is a group of, like, 1,800 strangers, but there is this feeling, at least for me and, like, for many of the people I've talked to that are in it that feel like they're not afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And they're not afraid to also be celebrated in the same vein. And to the fact that that exists as an online community is, like, mind-blowing to me. <laughs> it's really, it's really special. Yeah, I hope I get to meet some of them in person. I've only met you. Which is, I mean, I'm going to have to talk about this, but I was going to say, I was thinking about how you and I met for the first time. <laughs> but um, I'm so glad that you're in Arc Army. You were, I think you were probably one of like the first people that like I invited to the group when we got started. Oh, really? So... I, I thought it was like already so big when I joined, but I, I really was so glad you invited me because honestly, I'm not someone who's good at networking. I'm not someone who's good at small talk with people. And so we randomly met at that party and like ended up having like a really great, meaningful conversation. And I was like, oh, this, I like this person. We're not just talking about the weather. <laughs> and so I'm so glad that it's worked out that I'm getting to see what you're doing as an artist and be in the community that you built. I, it's funny because a lot of people have, you know, a lot of people, but when I kind of like, what Arco Army a lot of people are like, oh, so it's like a networking, which it is. But there's a, I think that sometimes like the word networking can get like a negative connotation in the sense that it feels like this like sleazy yeah, like, yeah, yeah. thing, like an opportunist. And, and I think that a, one of the awesome parts to me about Arco Army is that it is networking, but it feels more like genuine connecting. No, Gen- it definitely is. Connection. Um, yeah, and I only use that word in reference to like the fact that we randomly met at a party and stayed yeah, in yeah. contact, because usually I kind of stick to my tried and true friends, group of friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you specifically about mentorship and like how that's played a role in your career so far and um how you found value in that like especially in tv and film that is such a male-dominated community and it's changing a lot but I know you've gotten a chance to work with a lot of like wonderful women and how that's worked out for you oh I um, have amazing job in the arts like how do I you know make my way in this world as an artist like making work like I didn't know where to start really and um, when I was in New York and when I was in high school I actually joined the New York Women in Communications Foundation 
when mm. I was 17 <laughs> because <laughs> I like I was just I've always been the type of person like okay if I don't know how to do something I will go to a class I will figure it out I will like research and figure out how to do it and so I found this organization that um I went to all these resume writing like classes and just got really involved in all the stuff they were doing and ended up applying for a scholarship that they had when I was like a senior in high school and all the women that were in it well I won also but they they paired me with um really great mentors and they were always there to answer my questions um people were incredibly generous with like their time for me I found I mean I don't doubt that like men are also wonderful mentors but for me it's always been easier to connect with someone who is a woman who has made their way like in this industry because there are nuances to that experience that perhaps um, a man like won't be able to talk to me about especially and I find it especially helpful when I connect with like women of color uh-huh. who are also in that world because there are even more nuances when it comes to that because mm-hmm when you are a person of color, it's just the prism through which you see the world. And, um, that's, uh, an experience that is really important to, you know, talk to someone else about because yeah, there are just so many little things that can happen. And I think beyond that, I mean, when I was at HBO in New York, like I had a fantastic mentor, um, her name's Nina Warren and she's amazing. And, and my, my good friend, Nairi, who's like, I consider a mentor. She's fantastic. And she actually was the person that, that, um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next before I even came out to LA, like we sat down, we were having lunch and she's like, well, what do you want to do? And no, like, like what, like right now, what is it that you want to do next? Well, I really want to work on, on this show because it's, it's really great. She's like, okay, so you just said it out loud. So how are you going to do that? And she really, (laughs) really like pushed me to, to take action and like figure out a way to, to, um, to achieve what I wanted to. And I think that that is such a, it's such a blessing, um, because you need people who are smarter than you, who have done more, who've had more experience than you to tell you, or help guide you with what it is that you want to do next. And it's a guidance that maybe you don't get from like people in your community or like you're necessarily your parents, but, um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's the way that I have gotten anywhere in this world. It's by asking, you know, genuinely asking like for advice for, you know, being open and honest, like with my questions and having the great blessing of mentors who, um, are also equally open and honest with me and like can share their experiences. So, um, mentorship is wonderful. I love it. Everyone should have like a really good mentor and like seek, seek them out. Um, they are a a huge blessing. So, yeah, I feel like that's one of the biggest things I've learned, especially in like the last five years is asking for help. Yes. And that's a big roadblock to get over. I don't know why it was so hard for me for a long time, but it's a huge tool that I utilize all the time. Yeah, I think that there's this idea that if you're asking for help, you're somehow weaker, or, you know, it's just, which I I can see that, and I know, like, I've had trouble asking for help, too, because I think that, okay, well, I should be able to do this all, like, on my own, but um, I think you lose out if you don't ask for help. You know, you could be drowning and, and, you know, 
completely drown if you don't like reach out and like have someone like you know extend their hand to you and there are so many people I've realized that when you ask genuinely there are so many wonderful things that happen like there are so many people who are so happy to like extend their hand to you because they have either been you or they know someone like you or like or they just have enough experience to tell you okay this is how you float this is how you not drown (laughs) and um and this is how you soar and um yeah, there's actually, I don't know, have you ever read the book, um, The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer? No. I read it last year when I came out to LA, and it's so, it's really, really great. It was just a lot about, like, the vulnerability of, like, asking for help. Mm-hmm. And he just started our Army reading list. I'm like, guys, yeah. we need to, like, do a community uh, <laughs> book club. I also wanted to ask if there's anything, like, in the last year or so that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about that maybe like a lesson you learned or it doesn't have to be like a huge event but whatever you think it's funny i was listening to you like this question <laughs> other episodes oh man what am i gonna say about that? <laughs> something like big and i don't know incredibly impressive but i i think that it's a lesson that i'm still kind of learning it goes back to the perfectionist sort of, um, like, dark side, like, being um, paralyzed, like, by fear. I think that I'm learning how to just do it and learn, like, the process of just making the work and not waiting for it to be absolutely a thousand percent perfect, but to not be so hard on myself and realize, like, okay, you're here, you're present, keep going even if like what you're doing right now you are learning how to make like the the best work in the world but you're not you're not there yet I think that Ira Glass has like a really great quote about beginners that I love and like I repost all the time about how you know when you are just getting started your work kind of sucks a little bit but your taste that got you into the game is so killer and that's why your work disappoints you because the gap between the work that you're doing and the work that you love feels so big and the only way to close that gap is to keep making work and keep making work and it's really easy to just stop and like get frustrated and be paralyzed by fear to not make work at all because you're like that gap seems so big I'm never going to close it but this year I've been working really, really hard to close that gap and figure out, you know, just to keep making it, not to be discouraged, to just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep growing and, and learning and, and having fun with it. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I'm most proud of, just doing it. Sometimes you got to just buy the one-way ticket and, not <laughs> it. Oh, and, just, and keep going and keep yes. going and keep going. So. Um, when you are in that, like, uninspired, dark place, uh kind of day is there anything concrete that you reach for again and again like a book or an album or a place you go yes and I feel like I've done it for years but <laughs> I feel like my go-to music when I get in those spots is Indie Irie I really oh, like I that's like <laughs> I'm like I'll, I'll be like crying like okay great I'm just gonna listen to India it's gonna be good and <laughs> like she's very helpful um, but I think also in recent years, like when that happens, I also reread the book Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that book 
um, probably like 150 times. Like it's like my cover of the book fell off actually <laughs> last week because I was holding it. Right? Um, and for people who don't know, it's like it's a book by Cheryl Strayed, who also was the author of Wild, and um, it's a collection of of um, advice columns that she anonymously wrote over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just there's so much good, simple, honest beauty in like you know, these people asking very vulnerably for help and then her responding and her responses are always so, they're what a best friend should sound like to me. Um, It's, you know, she speaks to the people as though, you know, she really cares about them and is really empathetic, but it also does not um, take away their responsibility for their own actions, but also is incredibly empowering on like, the best ways to try and fix what it is that they're going through or work through what they're going through. And, um, yeah, I find a lot of, a lot of love in between those pages. Great. And then the last question I had was if you have anything that you've seen recently that you want to recommend of any art form. I came prepared. (laughs) Okay. What am I going to say for this one? And I don't know if I can, like, recommend it yet, because, like, technically I'm going to go see it tomorrow, but I'm really excited to go see Moonlight. I saw it today. Frankie and I just went to see it. It's so good. I'm, ah, uh, ah, uh, I'm so excited to see it. Okay, um, Barry Jenkins is fantastic. I've followed his work since um, Medicine for Melancholy, and mm-hmm. he has a really great short that you can find on YouTube called Tall Enough that's also really good and beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to really really excited to see moonlight is there anything else i'm really excited to see oh everybody should watch insecure on hbo (laughs) yes um but also what else i've been watching atlanta's been fantastic i think atlanta's been really really great and i binge watched all of the first and second seasons of mr robot and mr robot (laughs) amazing it is Um, it is good yeah. Oh, was there another question about li- what I'm listening to? Or no, I mean, I, anything you want to recommend? It could be, you know, TV, film, theater, music, anything. Yeah. But those are all good. Yeah, I think those are the choices. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like I'm going to oh fall God. in love with it. Oh. It looks so fantastic. It's really beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be on here. It's it's been nice. Thank you for listening to The Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.